Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com. Thank you for reading, Rita Joe. Uh, I met Rita, and I, this is what I asked permission for. I met Rita at Logan Women's Prison, and uh, we are in the same seminary program, School of Restorative Arts, and it has been a joy to get to know her. I can't be emotional yet, because I'm starting now uh, with the word, but um, it has been a joy to get to know her. She literally is more like Rita Joy <laughs> than Rita Joe. Um, and uh, just has been that person that when you think of, our degree is in restorative justice ministries. And I think, wow, that is what the road with Rita has been. It has been restorative. It has been about, uh, yeah, justice that restores a godly kind of justice. So um, she has a story to tell. She has a testimony and, a, and she has a gift to this church and to Jesus people and really to the city of Chicago. So get to know her. And um, yeah, we made donuts for her birthday on Friday for all of uh, the Jesus People Church, and it was wild, but it was so much fun to make hundreds of donuts and, and celebrate her. So um, what a gift and what, a, and what a testimony of what God can do. You know, you're decades in one location and you're here with us today, enjoying a freedom that's beyond being behind bars. It's, it's so much bigger. So God is good. So good morning. Um, I need some water. Thank you for reading. My name is Tiana Coleman. I'm the associate pastor here. We still don't have a lead, but we're working on it. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm doing it solo at this time. And it is uh, really good to be with you all. I told a couple friends that I didn't know if I should have picked this verse because it's only one verse and we already know I preach really short sermons. <laughs> so we'll be out of here in about five minutes. Not really, stay seated. <laughs> uh, this one verse alone just has so much meat. There is so much to it. And I hope, if you're not a meat eater, so much tofu or protein, there's a lot in this verse that I hope that, um, I hope to tap into in what still will probably be a short sermon. So it is good to be here. And this Sunday, as we said, is the last Sunday in Black History Month. Not that the learning ends today. Hopefully it's a beginning for some of you and for others, hopefully it's a continuation of learning and growing and knowing more of our black history and stories because it is all of our history. And it is a history that should impact us all. We should all be aware of what happened then and how it affects now and where is our place in this history, in this story. It's also the first Sunday of Lent as, we, uh, as we've already heard. Lent, for those who may be unfamiliar, is a period of 40 days during which Christians remember the events leading up to and including the death of Jesus Christ, whose life and teachings are the foundation of our faith. While Advent is a celebration and a time of great anticipation, Lent is more frequently seen as a time of solemn observance and preparation for the celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus at Easter. From its start on Ash Wednesday until its conclusion on Easter Sunday, Lent has been a traditional time for fasting or giving something up or abstinence. Just as we carefully prepare for events in our personal lives, 
such as a wedding or a birthday, a commencement. Lent invites us to make our minds and hearts ready for remembering Jesus' life, death, and bodily resurrection. So we over at uh, Monsieur Day Lincoln Square, so we have five locations, we had a, a Ash Wednesday service this past Wednesday, and really it was just a very meaningful time of being together, it was very worshipful, and it just, I don't know, it sort of just set us right for beginning this, this 40 days. And I hope each of you were able to maybe be at a service or just be in the presence of others and God. It's just so good. In this season of Lent, all five Missy Day churches are taking a, a break from the book of Ephesians, and for the next few weeks embarking on a sermon series called Hunger and Thirst. We will be in the Old and New Testament as we explore what God might be inviting each of us to. And it might be a fun option for you not to leave this setting, don't go to another Missio Day and abandon us, <laughs> but to look online and see what others are preaching on. So I might preach it one way, and then you're gonna have Melissa preach it another way, and Bam preach it another way, but I just think, man, we all are probably taking this particular verse from uh, dis- different perspectives, which would be really great. So all the sermons will be on their platforms if you would like to check that out. So I'm gonna go ahead and pray for our diving into Matthew 5, 6. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive and active. I thank you that you invite us into so much. I pray this day that we would be able to settle in and hear from you and only you. Lord, I thank you that um, you love us so much and that you see us and even just as we talked about my sister this morning, Rita Joe, we know, Lord, that you, um, you have the potential and you do restore each one of us. So I pray that we would walk in the truth of, uh, the truths of Matthew 5, 6, and we would walk in the light of who you are and who you say we are. What a gift. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So Matthew 5 begins with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, that's chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew, but we're just going to, again, stay just a little bit of it. Jesus wastes no time in his teaching. He starts off with the Beatitudes, which maybe many of you have heard of before. For eight verses, we read of him telling those who will listen, blessed are, fill in the blank, for they will inherit or receive, fill in the blank. We are immediately oriented into what it looks like to follow Christ in his life and ministry. The beauty of the Beatitudes is that they are accessible to all of us. We have probably all experienced or observed someone who is meek, someone who is merciful, someone who is pure in heart, someone who is a peacemaker, and perhaps someone who is persecuted because of righteousness. Thank you (laughs) so much. I lost my spot. Um, To be these people is blessed as stated in the verses earlier, and I did intentionally skip one, knowing we were coming back to it and spending our time there today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hunger and thirst are familiar to all of us. From right out of the womb to the grave, we have a relationship with both. They each are a bodily longing. They express a need. Depending on your context, these can be severe needs, and the only way to satisfy them is to give them what they need. Food for hunger, water or some drink for thirst, We use the expression, I'm full. 
if indeed that hunger need is met. I'm stuffed if you went overboard. <laughs> Some of us tend to do. I'm parched if we really needed something to drink. I'm content if all of the above is taken care of. Pretty obvious, right? We know this. When these ideas, these words move into the realm of our relationship with God, the Father, and the Son, in our relationship to and with others, the motivation isn't finding and consuming food or water, but the intensity, the drive that hunger and thirst can produce when eagerly and desperately searching and needing food or drink, it can also be an undeniable pursuit of righteousness. And that is what this verse is talking about, that same sort of drive that you might feel when you're really, really hungry or really, really thirsty and can't get to food. And I'm sure, I mean, I think at moments I, I thought I was starving, but, but that, that, that need to like, I've gotta find it, I've gotta find it. That, it's that intensity that is, that, need, that is being brought to this righteousness. There are other places in scripture when hunger and thirst are used to give a picture of that longing for God, for Christ, as well as the attributes that we see in both. David in the Psalms expresses it this way, Psalm 42, one and two. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My, th- my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 63, one. O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. In his words, we hear the desperate need and desire for God. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? The panting, the longing, the searching. My soul faints for you. Who uses that language? Certainly not I. But it paints a picture of this, like, how much David is longing for God, how much he's seeking. And even at times, we've read read other Psalms where it's... uh, a little more dramatic, I was crying on my bed and my tears all day long, but in this one you see like this, this orientation like I was saying earlier towards God. This is a man aware of his utter dependence on God. His body and soul long for him. Has your body and soul ever longed for God? Like that is an intense feeling where you're just like, everything in you is saying, okay God, I'm looking for you, I'm seeking you, I'm searching for you, like that. I've been there a few times, but it, it is intense and it is powerful because it again brings us back to that is, that is who, who our hearts are looking for. That is who we are longing for, this God that has um, come near to us, but we also have this response towards him. In Matthew 5, 6, this hunger and thirst in this context is a view towards righteousness. So what does that mean? We read elsewhere in scripture about righteousness. 1 Peter 2:24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5:21 For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Philippians 3:7 through 9 But whatever were gains to me I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So these are all examples of righteousness in that 
and that movement towards it, whether it's, the, whether it's Christ or us being invited into that. Through Christ's example, we can see righteousness displayed. He humbled himself before the Father. He lived as a human, longing and serving those he was around. He provided food and drink in places where there was none. He raised the dead to life. He made his teaching available to the smartest and wisest, as well as to those who may have never had the scriptures spoken directly to them. He made it accessible. He ate with sinners and saw them, loved them, and offered them hope and salvation. He invited others into ministry, teaching and training them while being in community with them. He bore our sins. He died on the cross and rose, and this is a divine gift that is available to all of us, which then we as humans, we can choose to respond through salvation, through faith, in a life that is one of right living, following in Christ's righteousness. So we have an obvious pattern, we have an obvious, not formula, because that sounds like, oh, do this and then you'll get this, but Christ has made a way for us to enter into that righteousness. The hunger and thirst for righteousness leads to being filled, to being satisfied, as the verse said. When reading all this, grab some water. I couldn't help but think about food and things to drink. <laughs> you know, if you're sitting with a passage, you start like going, you know, sort of embodying it. So I was thinking a lot about food, actually. I was thinking about this path of choosing to hunger and thirst after something of substance, like quality food. I started thinking about steak and potatoes. I'm, I'm a steak girl and asparagus, and you gotta have the really hot horseradish. <laughs> and if you wanna do Diet Coke, that's on you, or a nice red wine, you pick your good poison, whatever works. And I really, I really thought about this menu, because I thought, even for, for that, the hunger and the thirst, it's like, I, I have a picture, I have a movement towards something that is very appetizing. And then I started to think about my kids who live on chips and junk food. I mean, literally, if they could, and y'all know Grace, Grayson's just getting bigger. But Harper, too, they would just live on all kinds of junk and not have the quality stuff if we let them. My husband's a little more better at, at the boundaries. I'm not so good at that. And with that, you know, so seeing in our home this negative pattern of eating at times and really the emptiness and the horrible longings and cravings that come with that. You eat chips, you're, you're starving a few hours later, you know, a few minutes later. You eat more chips, it's, you know, you see the pattern, it just keeps going. And so that, in, in essence, is the opposite of what we're talking about in Matthew 6. It's more with what I read in Galatians 5 the verses that talk about the cravings of the flesh, the desires of the flesh that are contrary to what the spirit wants. It's the flimsy, empty calories. So Matthew 5, 6 gives us the hearty steak dinner, and then Galatians 5 perspective, the flimsy calories, the ones that are like, yeah, we're all craving at times something. What are we filling it up with though, you know? What are, what is it, where is our hunger and, and where is our thirst directed towards? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The verbs hunger and thirst are present tense. This hunger and thirst for righteousness is an ongoing process. We should be concerned if those verbs dry up or become past tense. If you hear, yeah, Tiana was hungry at one point. <laughs> Tiana was thirsty for righteousness at one point. That's a problem. Please ask me what's going on <laughs> if you ever noticed that. This president's hunger and thirst for righteousness is something we have to pay attention to. We have to look at that. 
I imagine you have seen this in your own life, that this hunger and thirst for righteousness affects your relationship with God. In my life, what I've seen is that as long as I long for him, as I lean into him, he meets my needs in a myriad of ways. And sometimes there is silence. Sometimes there is, you know, there's not a direct, but he's still there as we lean into that. And that relationship has an effect on my relationships and interactions with others. It actually makes spaces for those interactions that seek to do justly, that seek to put others ahead of myself, that seek to make it right when I've caused an offense, that seek to be good and healthy fellowship, that seek to think the best when I feel like I was slighted, that seek to go after the excluded one. All this is out of that place of righteousness, and those, my friends, are also filling and satisfying places. This is what the verse is talking about, that hunger, that thirst for righteousness, which then leads to being filled, and filled looks all kinds of wonderful ways. So I want us just to take a minute Um, Maybe this is a prayer for you. Maybe this is just something to ponder. I want us to consider what does it look like, I think the questions are up there, for you to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you in a season where that desire or that good striving has dried up? I want us to really ask ourselves these questions and not so we can feel guilty or I'm not doing that and I'm feeling guilty since she started this sermon. That's not the goal, friends. The goal is, Lord, what's going on in here? What, did you stir up something today? Is there something that's been stirred up that you know, I need to respond to? Have I allowed things to get dry? That's why I want us to take a couple minutes just to ponder these questions. Um, and then I will call us back and I wanna just read something from Howard Thurman's Meditations of the Heart. Okay, I'm reading from Meditations of the Heart by Howard Thurman who was a theologian, a scholar, an author, um, a very wise man. And this is a good book to have at your bedside if you uh, want just something to, just like usually a couple paragraphs, but just, he just goes for it with the truth. So seek ye the Lord. The impulse to align oneself on the side of that which is whole is a natural one. Sometimes it springs from the desire to cover up to take refuge in the strength of another so as to shun the necessity of dealing with one's own weakness. Sometimes it springs from the desire to discover a way by which to understand one's own needs and to do something about meeting them. The other than self-reference is a necessity for peace of mind and spirit. This day I seek the Lord. I seek to know God that I may understand myself that I might grasp the true meaning of my own life and have its purpose increasingly defined. I seek his judgment that I may discern an even clearer meaning between right and wrong courses of conduct. I seek his love that I may be inspired to love more and more what is good and true and to transcend all barriers which stand between me and my fellows. Seek ye the Lord while he is near. This does not mean that God will, will withdraw from me, but it does mean that if I quench the desire to seek him over and over again, there may come a time when the desire itself becomes buried beneath all kinds of debris in my own life. The desire will never die, but I must not run the risk of pushing it so far out of my consciousness that there seems to be no hunger in me to become whole, clean, and redeemed.
Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.